welcome to another Energy Crew podcast and me, your host, J.P. Warren. And we are recording this at the Petroleum Club of Houston today on a kind of a kind of a gloomy a, day. It was a gorgeous morning. It was a gorgeous morning, but kind of a gloomy day. And uh, before we begin, I want to say everyone to check out uh, uh, Energy Crew. Thanks uh, on, on Instagram, energy underscore crew. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, uh, listening to, to, to the podcast. And if you like it, share it with friends. Uh, leave Subscribe, leave a review. Uh, if it's a bad review, uh, just uh, put it on another someone else's podcast. Smash they, the like button. Because there's enough. Smash that like button. Because there's <laughs> enough negativity. I don't want to hear anything negative about this. Okay, so uh, let's get let's get this going. I'm actually I'm pretty excited to do this. I haven't done a podcast in a little bit, probably about a week or two, and all. Okay. So, so I'm always always got to shake off shake off the rust. It's like riding a bike. It is like riding a bike. And for those of you that don't know that voice or are just kind of listening and not watching uh, with us today, we have John Hammond, the vice president of marketing at Tally Energy Services. And I'm pretty pumped to, to have you on because when I when I tell you that, like, you know, on the previous podcast that I really enjoy talking to you, you're, you're probably the top five, top seven most uh, interesting conversations I've had. I, I think that's I, I mean that. That's like, nice of you to say. Like, I remember asking you when I when I first asked you to come on and you're like, OK, what do we talk about? You brought everything from the best barbecue pit to Bitcoin. And now you're now you're coming. <laughs> I think we some, talked about aliens, too, didn't we? I think we talked about aliens and the false flag <laughs> and all that stuff. So that was a great little uh, yeah. great little combo. And I'm ready to get this uh, kicked off again. Uh uh, today and let me just close this uh, computer. So, John, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah really good. Um, so you were at uh, so last time uh, that I saw you face to face was that it was Energy Tech Night. Tech Night. Yep. Yeah, would you, that was the first time I've been to one of those. Me too. What do you think too. about it? That was pretty cool. Like it was a, uh, it didn't feel like an oil and gas event. It didn't. You know, the energy was good. Like it was a, uh, there was a lot of like youth and and enthusiasm, it, which was cool. It was cool about that. Like, you know, obviously in our, in our, in our industry, I'm, I'm used to, you know, dealing with, you know, the, some of the tech side, you know, right. a lot of the oil field service companies, a lot of operators. And so to see some of that cool tech coming into our industry yeah. like that, I, that kind of excited, that excited yeah. me. Yeah. It, it was pretty neat. Absolutely. And I, I was I'm interested to see how different people present their technologies and the different approaches to the, to the presentations is always cool too. Tell me know? about that. What do you, so, so what, would you, what, what kind of takeaways did you get from that? That's well, that, that is an interesting uh, way to look well, at things. Well, um, I think it's called, was it Hype Cell? I think they were called the, the guys like with the stackable stack stuff, you know, yeah. so he's got this, he's got the hardware on and he's showing how it all works. And then the other guy, I think it was source water. He had the, the kind of the video playing behind him and he was like a really well sort of choreographed kind of uh, I think presentation. The, I think that was a, uh, yeah, Josh, uh, Josh Adler was yeah. up there doing a source. Yeah. yeah about the, uh, the, where the lo the well the locations of the every well was yeah and he just he, he was he was pretty impressive the way he kind of seamlessly just like things going on behind him and he's just kind of talking through going him. with yeah, it was man. like TED Talk style right it was pretty it, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was, was pretty cool no it was it was it was a well well done event and, uh, and then you had me up there just rambling for about six and a half minutes <laughs> I don't know what to say I'm like I'm just gonna keep talking yeah, yeah. and literally after watching that I'm like I don't know why I talk I don't even know why I don't even know why I have a podcast yeah, half the time yeah. like half my shit is all just oh this that you know what I'm saying it's it's horrible it's tough man I can't it's, listen it's, I can't listen to myself it's tough to uh, it's tough to listen to yourself for sure it yeah, is it's I, brutal it's weird here hearing my voice right now but so so did you make any other podcast appearances i did one uh, with this uh, uh lady named krista escamilla she's based in uh, midland she okay. has a podcast called permian perspectives i've heard of that podcast yeah, so yeah. I, I did that one with her she's she's pretty she's like a uh ex or I mean, she i think she still has like a tv show in midland and she was like a uh, like a news anchor in midland for a long time so she's got like it's intimidating to talk to her because she has this like really 
like her elocution, like her, her execution is like super sharp, you know? And so I always kind of feel like I'm, I'm always, I always talk too fast. I always kind of slur my words too much. Yeah. And so it was kind of, whoa, I had, I had to sharpen up my game when I was. Well, I'm going to bring you back to the basics here with energy crew where there's no articulation. Okay, good. There's no, <laughs> there's no sharp questions that I ask. It's pretty much kind of just rambling around for about four minutes until you're like, all right, I'm just going to start talking and interrupt this guy. Sweet. That's what, that. that's what it's about. So how was that? How was that experience? It was good. It yeah? was really good. Yeah. It was, it was, it was uh, over Zoom. So it was a bit different, you know, uh, it's okay. harder. It's a little bit harder to do kind of the. Are you, are you over that? Are you over the whole Zoom thing? Or are you still kind of dig it a little bit? Well, I mean, if it's the difference between getting to have a meeting or not have a meeting, yeah. you know, you deal with it. Um, and, and I think there's, there's certain elements of that that are really good because it's, uh, it's easy to make a presentation. If you got like a PowerPoint or something like that, it's, it's a really effective way to, to show a lot of people a PowerPoint right. where, and where their experience when they're watching is, is much more kind of personal than if they're sitting in a big long conference room and it's up on a screen. And it's up there, they get their phone. So, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some things that are good about it. And I guess, frankly, just out of practice, out of, out of necessity for the last you know, 18 months, we've done a lot of them. So it's gotten better. You Dude, know, you know the, uh, look, I, I'm fine with them. I, I dig them and all that stuff. My thing is, I feel like any meeting always goes over at least 15 to 20 minutes just because everyone like doesn't want to get off. Not that I'm saying that they want to stay on just because right. they want to connect. They don't want to get off because they, I guess, maybe they don't want to feel like they're not contributing or like everyone has to have the last have to word. Say something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's other things like, uh, you know, like productivity. There's, uh, I think it's the guy, uh, Jack Welch, the guy who used to be in charge of a GE. Yes. And he, he had this thing where he, like he would, a meeting would never be longer than 15 minutes and everybody had to stand because what he didn't want is people like scheduling meetings and dragging on these meetings just to sit around instead of like, Hey guys, get back to work. Like, yeah. A meeting is not work. A meeting is like to talk about stuff. Then we got to go get back to work. And so he would always like keep it super tight and sharp. I actually like that. That's pretty good. And then I, I read Elon Musk apparently says if there's more than six people in a meeting, it's, it's not effective. And he says, and he also says, that if you have nothing to, to contribute to the meeting, it's not rude to just get up and leave. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like <laughs> it's kind of hardcore, but it, like there's some. He's yeah. kind of a wild card, but he, but he's 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 where he's at for a reason. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I, I mean, know. whether it's whether you agree with it, whether you don't, whether he's different, like whether he's using the system, it doesn't matter what he is. But he's a freaking nature. So pretty much, you're saying anyone at Tally Energy Service, if it's more than six people and you're sitting <laughs> and you're sitting yeah. and you're not contributing, just get up and walk out. Well, we haven't adapted that, adopted that, uh, that, that aggressive stance we're, yet. We're working but, on that. But it is, it is an option out there that, uh, that people can choose from. That people from other companies can choose on. That's right. I, I dig that. So, <laughs> so man, so tell me about this. So you got a, a role in a April of, of 2021, right? So was that four or five months? What, yep. What month Where is it we now? now? This is September still. September. Yeah. Four plus five okay. is nine. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Five months. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a it's been a change. So I was uh, previously I was really more heavily focused just on the, the so Tally's got three three divisions. We have a sort of drilling business, we have a completions business, and we have a production business. Okay. And so uh, previously I was working in drilling services. So that's uh, directional drilling, geosteering. Yeah. You know, we manufacture motors, we make MWE equipment. Uh, we got some cool software. Um, and then uh, now in my sort of marketing role, I'm, I'm getting to be involved in a lot other a lot of the other product lines uh, within Tally. Um, and which has been great for me because, you know, I'm always engaged and interested when I'm learning. And so my, my background and my experience is much more in the drilling side. So getting to be, uh, getting more exposure to, uh, completions, which I've kind of know, know a little bit about, but, but the production side is something that's, completely, it's, yeah, it's me like too. A, it's me a too. whole other animal. Right. And so there's this whole expression, like, uh, you know, 
if you're in the if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yes, I am never ever ever in the wrong room. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> so, good. Then. Yeah, exactly right, and which is great. So like it's a it's a it's a lot of you know, it's a lot to learn, um, but it's it's great. It's a, so you're coming you're coming in this role pretty much when you, where you're focused over the, the drilling side of things and the drilling what, what what Tally offers on the drilling side. Now you came over to this this vice president of marketing, yeah. and you're right. You you do need to know what you're talking about if you're yeah. com communicating uh, not only the brand but also kind of who y'all are. I mean, because you need to know who you're talking to. You need right. to know what you're talking about. Otherwise, What's our value proposition? Where do we fit in the market? Exactly. Market? Exactly. So how, so I know there's a lot to learn on stuff. I yep. mean, so, but you have a good support group there to kind of teach you. It's a great team. Okay. Yeah. No, it right. really is a great team. Um, really blessed. Um, I, it's one of the things I think I, I there's a diplomatic way to say this, but one of the things that as you go through the struggles of the oil field in the last, you know, 18 months, uh, you really find out, you know, who you want to have on the bus, yeah. you know, who's you on your team. And we've got, a, we've got a really good team. So how, I, I guess, you know, talking about the, the last 18 months and getting here and all that stuff, I want to go back to kind of your role too, but I mean, what's real quick. I mean, what's been kind of like the, the vibe you're getting from the people you've been talking to externally and internally has it been, you know, optimistic, pessimistic. Is it still a grind? I mean, so I, I think the answer is yes. Um, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, moving on. I'll, I'll moving things, on. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's there's there's clearly there's optimism because you know, just you could also argue that like you could only go up from here because you know when we go negative thirty seven dollar oil like that's like I don't care what the old guys say that's the worst crash. Yes, it's never gone negative before, right? Yeah. So so we had a point where we were you know, and and the world was shutting down and and the question of like energy usage was like that's that's pretty low and so from that point we've increased rig counts we've increased frack fleets we've put more wells online yep. you know like there's a lot more activity and, and the price of oil now is is strong and healthy and you know, gas seven, yeah. and gas geez gas is more than five dollars i know i read a i read a uh, article yesterday that said they, there's expectations it could double to 10 you know, in the next year right so wow like you know from from a commodity standpoint from a from a market standpoint it's it's very it's bullish it's exciting one thing that's been interesting though that it's kind of explained why I was really surprised why uh, there wasn't a faster increase in activity given what the price has been doing and, and, and the energy demand coming back. And the interesting thing to me is that it's I learned recently that it's, it's largely driven by two things. One is apparently a lot of our, uh, a lot of the operators are hedged at pricing much lower than what it is today. So there's a lot of people out there that they hear the word hedge. There's so many people out there. Hedge fund is like one of those like like throwaway terms. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's old commodity prize. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that may have heard the word hedge before and and don't really understand what it is. Not myself, of course, because right. you just taught this to me about 15 minutes uh, ago. So what, can you a little background on? Sure. And by by no means am I uh, an expert in this either. But but the but the basics of it is. Um, People who produce commodities, oil and gas companies, yep. timber companies, lots of different people who, are, who produce commodities where the price can fluctuate uh, over time, they will, in order to manage their business better, they will lock in a contract, a long-term contract for a fixed price. Okay. So, for example, uh, our fixed price to we want say you're you're the you're I'm I'm John Hammond Oil and I want to make a deal with you, JP. Okay. Uh, JP's hedge fund and say, okay, look, I'm going to sell all my oil at or or seventy percent of my oil to you at a price of forty five dollars a barrel for the next year. Okay. And that's good for me because it it locks in at least I know what my you can plan my price stuff plan is, because you know plan my capex yep, strategy yep. and all those kinds of things. Um, and the for you the upside is if the price goes above, then you have a you you make money off the off the difference, and your risk is if you know, you're you're having a Pay me forty five dollars if it's on the open market. It's only forty. Then you're you know, then you're losing money. Right. Like that's the kind of the basics. Right. Of it, right. So what happens is if the if 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 I've got a contract through the end of this year at forty five dollars a barrel, even though the the market price is 70, 70. I'm I'm not 
benefiting from that difference. You are. Right. Right. And so if I'm not benefiting from that, from that extra profitability, then I'm still operating as though the price of oil was $45 a barrel. And so that will affect my investment, my CapEx decision. Where do, where do I put money? How many new wells do I drill? How many new wells do I complete? And all that, all that so because, so because of companies are hedging kind of a, you know, whatever that looks like, I mean, because historically, I mean, you, you see commodity prices go the way they are. I mean, usually the rig count is, it's kind of parallel, right? It falls, follows that. Right. I mean, you're, you the, higher prices equal higher activity, right. you know, and there's, and I've always wondered, like, I've always, you know, obviously have assumptions, like, well, I wonder why the, you know, the activity's not there. How come it's not picking up? How come anything like that? But I guess that kind of, I think that's part of the story. I think the other part of it is that because 2020 was so challenging, even if the price, even if they were realizing all the full profit, I think there's some companies that are probably trying to recoup some of that, you know, restore their balance sheets, get, get kind of healthy again before they then go sink a bunch of money into it. I think Expand. there's been a common theme in our industry. It's like now our industry needs to operate like a business. Yep. You know what I mean? It needs yep. rather than just kind of, you know. You can't just, you can't apply the sort of the Amazon model of just grow, 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 and hope that at some point it's going to turn into something. Well, we've gotten in trouble for doing that. Yeah, exactly. Historically. Exactly. You know, so now it's. Grow uh, through production. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, so I think that's, so let me ask you a question. When, when are we going to start? When, when's your best guess when we're going to start seeing the activity kind of uh, increase? And, and hopefully it doesn't come to it like. Right historically where everyone you know starts getting after it but when do you see i guess people start getting more comfortable i guess you know bounce statement bounce statements kind of kind of getting you know leveled out and all so yeah. when, when do you see this I, to me it's going to be probably this is just one guy's you know hey, layman's man. opinion hey, man. uh is you know probably the first quarter you know of next year okay hopefully by the you know by then a lot of these hedge contracts will have rolled off and the people have opportunities to set new hedge prices maybe at higher levels um, also, between now and then, hopefully, we'll have more stability in terms of the Delta variant with the coronavirus we'll get into and, you know, that. and all those yeah. kinds of things, right? So all, those are all kind of like I you know, think knobs on the uh, um, on the DJ board of like, what are we going to do next? It's going to just line up right. Yeah, you got to get so, the, so get the books in check. Yeah, you got to get, get the books the in check. Hedge, make contracts. sure that, the, that you know we're not going into another lockdown or you know pandemic, you know COVID twenty twenty two, you know these kinds oh. of things, right? And so uh, I think all that I'm optimistic. I'm sort of optimistic by nature, and so I think you know probably by you know, February, March, you'll, you'll, I feel like things will get even more busier, optimistic, more optimistic, more think, optimistic, which is what we need. That's right. As that's an right. industry, how are you beat down left and right for no reason? No, it's true. Well, for no reason. Also, I think, you know, as an industry, we don't do a great job of um, telling about the good things that we do and helping people understand that. Dude, uh, that I, is a, I could not agree with you more. I think that is a huge and honestly, like I, I might be regurgitating uh, something that, you know, I wrote about, like, you know, often in this time, in this time that we live right now, you know, all this, you know, the, this green deal narratives being pushed, you know, the news, whatever about this, the politicians about the, all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And what do we do as an industry? We sit there and react to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, all right, well, we'll start implementing more ESG, which, which is great. You know, I'm mm -hmm. all for that. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's up to us to tell our story. It's up to us yeah. to kind of communicate. And the problem is I feel that, you know, you see that a lot on the service side, you know, the, 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 the personal side of the industry on the service side, but for the majority of, you know, the world or Americans, the face of it is the operators. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I feel that the operators have such an opportunity to start being innovative and start being creative and start thinking, okay, well, how can we communicate who we are as an operator and what we do? Not just, you know, hey, we provide you, you know, an energy. No, let's 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 bring some people to the front and 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 put a face to our industry versus yep. a name. Yep. No, that's true. Our, our, our logo is associated with uh, big oil and, and these kind of yeah. catch-all terms that are you know, used as Jordans to a large extent. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I agree. I agree. And maybe that's a good thing about it. Put, putting a, a more human face to to what we are as an industry, but also helping people understand that uh, 
how integral it is to number one, our you know, economic uh, success over the last hundred years. Number two, uh, global national security. Like the, yep. the best thing we can do for our sort of safety is to have our own, to develop our own resources. Source of energy. Um, yeah. And well, we can all agree that uh, we'd like to get to sustainable, you know, basically infinite supplies of sustainable free energy would be, would be great for the, for the yeah. society as a whole, but, and we can all aspire to that, but there is a, there's a path to get there that requires that we use this really abundant, uh, really you know, productive source of energy that's, that's really developed our country over the last you know, 200 years, uh, particularly the last hundred. And, yeah. um, and it's really enables the, the quality of life increases that, that we all, you know, sort of almost take for granted. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what Stephen Forrester was saying with a, with a gyro daddy. He was talking about the Mount, Mount morality. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Mm. You have all these developing nations that they don't have, you know, wind turbines, they don't have anything right. like this, which is understandable. But the thing is though, I think, I think there needs to be more discussion. You know, versus us versus us versus them. Mm -hmm. There needs to be because every source of energy is whether you like it or not. It's it's quote messy, right? There, yeah, there's downsides. I mean, the battery technology yes. uh, requires an enormous amount of mining of you know very you know rare earth you know, things like coal and we're not doing that here. And we're not doing it here. And uh, you you want to talk about the the benefits of batteries? Batteries are great, uh, but let's let's have a let's let's tell the whole story about you know what, from the cradle to the grave yeah, versus yeah. you just plug it in and yeah. you don't see any yeah, yeah i yeah. get that i get yeah. that so, Rather, so tell me about real quick i mean we're, we're gonna get back to all this stuff but i kind of want to hear about more about your role because i love branding i love i love the the marketing side of things yeah. and i love kind of the the task of you know you got three different uh lines you got production completions and drilling and and how do you have every you know obviously you know how do you correlate that brand with the same quality of service, but also allowing a little bit of difference? So what's been your strategy? I mean, uh, about, I guess, first off, stepping in your new role and I mm -hmm. guess kind of where was the biggest surprise on like, oh, this is going to take a lot more effort than I thought. Um, well, I guess I would say that the thing that's, that's been a, a positive, it was a surprise, but it's been a, a positive result. The thing that I've, I've really enjoyed the most or think I've has, has been the most impactful is, um, helping connect the dots and connect really the people between the different uh, organizations. How do you then, do that? Really? It's like, Hey, let's get together. Hey, you talk to this guy. Hey, we're doing this over here. How do you know, just, just almost kind of being like a, like an air traffic controller of like, um, what helping people understand? Yeah. What, this, is what we're doing over here. This is what we're good at. Hey, this is what we're doing over here. How do we, you know, utilize our, you know, respective so technologies and strengths and things that we can actually make uh, a better, you know, present a customer with a, with a better, Overall, overall, overall experience uh, yeah. or solutions or service, you know, and, and actually also get the word out better about what we're capable of, you know? So you're, so you're pretty much, you're, you're taking those silos of uh, disciplines and you're just kind of trying to mix it up a little bit. Like, yeah. I, yeah so yeah. everyone understand kind of on the team. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, we're doing this over here. This is why it's good. Here's, here's where this could help you. And Hey, here's where you can help these guys. And do people view that as kind of like uh, like, Hey, look, you're coming in, you're kind of, you're making me do something I haven't done before. No, I, I haven't. If they do think so, they're not. They're telling not, you. They're not telling me, and and they're not showing me with the body language or whatever. I, I, it's, by and large, it's been positive. I think it, it's a lot of people like the guys in the production. They like learning about hey, all this other cool stuff, yeah. right? And the guys in the drilling, they like learning about all this other cool stuff. And one of the things that it does is that uh, even if I'm going in to sell some kind of completion service, if I can if I can articulate the story of what my entire company has to offer, not only does it is it it's a good story because because our our offering is pretty pretty incredible, but the second part is that it it makes my individual service that I might be presenting, it makes it, it shows the weight and the, and the, the, I don't know, the impact of the entire organization kind of behind it, which I feel like makes our, 
individual. No, I think it definitely has. Uh, yeah, it's more. It's more solid. It has more. Has more strength whenever yeah. you're presenting something. We're, we're not a fly by night company. Exactly. We're, we've got a huge amount of investment. We have all this infrastructure. We have all this capability, um, and we're we're smart people doing good things in all these different places. Here's what I'm going to talk about you today. Is is this thing in our? Yeah, I'm going to focus on this piece today. But that being said, here's here's the here's the army behind it. But what's happened in a, in a lot of these in, a, in the last you know, two months is that we have these kind of conversations, and we and it, you find that actually you know, we're here. I was here to talk to you today about. Uh, X. Yeah. And through the course of the conversation, you find out that actually one of the things that's real pain for them is Y over here. And oh, by the way, you know, we can actually help with that too. You know, those kinds of things are really good. And trying to trying to foster those those type uh, of conversations where you actually learn more about what, what you can do to help a, yeah. help a customer, help yeah. help them out a little bit. Yeah. What a great question. How can you help a customer? Speaking of that question, <laughs> I was at the SPE Gulf Coast uh, uh, dinner last night, right? And there was like all these business development uh, people from, you know, Surge, Upcurve, Apache, and mm-hmm. Venser. You know, and there's a couple questions out there. And I, I asked the question, you know, how can, you know, what do you need to... What would to, make your life easier? What would make your life easier, pretty yeah. much. Oh, my God. That was like... Oh, I got called out by Drew Limbacher. <laughs> He's like, hey, no, thanks for the Q&A, except for you, JP, with that question. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to see how, how they can be helped. Right. You know what I mean? That's, I thought that was a bad question. Look... It's a great question. Could I articulate it the way that you just did? I could if I thought about it, but man, I was on the spot. I'm not a public speaker. Well, I think sometimes just asking the question directly is the best way, right? I, I see this sometimes with like where salespeople in particular, they want to like ask the question from the side as opposed to just saying, hey, man, what do you need? Yeah. You know, they want to walk around but, it. Yeah. They want to yeah. walk around it and they, and they want to say it in flowery language that, that makes them sound smart. Or I feel like the much more effective way is just to like be real, be real and talk straight. Like, yeah. Like, hey, what, man, what, what can you do to help you? Yeah. I completely agree with that. And you start, you start dancing around it too. You're going to get an answer. That's not going to be direct that you're, yeah. that you're not going to know what to do with. You ask a flaky question, you're going to get a flaky, flaky answer. answer. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, so are you enjoying the, uh, the, the brand, tell me about the branding side. To Absolutely. You. Well, I, so I, I, I suspect there's part of the reason why I mean, why I'm, I'm in this role is that, you know, for the last couple of years, you know, I've, I've been pounding the, the drum of the, you know, the tally story. I, I'm a big believer. I, you know, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, you're an advocate. I'm a huge advocate. Yeah, I, I dig that. I think it's a good story. You know, we're you know, our our tagline is you know, we want to help our customers make better wealth. Right. right. So if you define technology as doing more with less, okay. it's, it's like one of the most efficient ways I've heard anybody describe what is technology. It's it's the, it's the process of doing more with less. I dig that. And so we try to apply technology um, so that help our customers make a better wealth. So they're getting more production for less cost, doing more with less. And our focus is across drilling completions of production. Our focus is all on the subsurface. Okay. Right? So we're not. You know, we don't provide trucks. We're not provide pressure pumping. All you know, we're we're directional drilling. We're providing tools to go down hole. We're providing software that helps you model the subsurface. We're providing. Is that the completion side? Uh, so I know, I know the drilling side of uh, yeah. tally. So real quick, can can you kind of shed a little, little bit just from my knowledge about the the completion of the production absolutely, side? Absolutely. Yeah. So we got two two main uh, I guess sort of three main product lines and completions. One is uh, we manufacture the the coolest frack plug. Okay. Composite frack plug. Okay. Uh, the guy who, who founded the business, he's actually the inventor the first patent holder for composite frack plugs that's um, pretty cool it's pretty cool right and this that's guy like talking right to this, yeah exactly and you talk to him it's like so he's he him and our head engineer i sit in the office with them last week and they were going on and on and on and it was like it was like they're speaking in code this like engineering code about all this different stuff i have all these like shortcuts and it was incredible just listen to these guys who have a ton of experience talking about hey we can tweak this and make this better and this better and all that kind of stuff and so, i love getting conversations like that where you're talking to like one of your friends or colleagues and all that stuff uh-huh. and next thing you know they get into their they they get very they specific yeah. into the, what they're talking about uh-huh. like, all right this is all over my head yeah, but like, keep going uh, you know yeah. i'm just going and my, and my brain's like kind of going i don't know exactly what, I'm, I'm catching like you know, a little bit yeah i'm kind of getting the, the gist of it yeah but yeah. i walk away feeling smarter afterwards right? yeah you know that's the kind of thing i'm saying like you know, never in the wrong room right 
Um, and then, uh, so then that, that's, that's uh, called the Nighthawk frack plug. Okay. Um, and then uh, the other service we have is called uh, Restream and Frackstream. They're two kind of uh, complementary services. So basically what we, this is a completely unique thing. It doesn't exist. Um, no, no other company offers this similar service. We deploy a trailer um, out to the frack. Side. It looks like a kind of a, like a light plant. Okay. It's like a, you know, or, or imagine like a, a, it's like a barbecue cook trailer that's like yeah. enclosed, right? Yeah. Um, and basically we plug into the uh, the clean side and the slurry side of the blender of the frack operation. And then it runs through these two sort of uh, parallel uh, uh, trains of, of chemistry measurements. And we do real-time automated chemistry measurement of the frack fluid when it's clean and when it's, and right as it's going into the well. So as opposed to, imagine, so your, your drilling experience, right? Imagine a mud engineer, like he takes a sample yep. and does his analysis, you know, every couple hours, maybe once a day. Um, it's kind of similar in frack where we, you know, we dump all these chemicals in a big, in a big bucket. And we think that's exactly representative of everything for the entire frack job. So we're actually, we can show that on a you know, second by second basis, we're showing you exactly how the frack fluids are changing. And so you and can make adjustments because it's, because it's real time. Exactly. And that's the idea. Is that's that exciting. It is. It's really cool. Right. And so one of the things that, you know, that's uh, challenging for, especially for operators now is that they're trying to use more because the cost of water is, is so high. Yeah. They're trying to use more produced water as a, as a cost savings, but produced water has different chemistry. And when you take produced water and some fresh water and you mix it together, you get very different chemistry. You get very different you know, sort of fluid properties, which can dramatically impact the effectiveness of your frack operation. So we can measure those things continuously in real time and help the operator understand how to tweak chemicals and how turn to the knobs. Turn the knobs. Bit. You know, they, they only have a couple of knobs to turn, but some of those knobs are expensive, and some of those knobs can be very effective. And if you don't, if you're not looking at that information, you actually won't know what knob to turn. And, and, the, and the go-to is to turn the expensive knob and you know dump a bunch of expensive expensive uh, chemicals. That's not always that's the, not always the right thing. Yeah. Sometimes it's the wrong thing. Yeah. And so being able to understand that you know, on a real time basis. How is it introducing, I guess, this new, I guess, if y'all are the only ones that have it, I mean, how is this, I guess, introducing this to uh, uh, the production engineers and all that stuff? Just because in, in times right now, no one really wants to do, um, and first off, everyone listening, there's background noise, deal with it. We're, we're in the bar <laughs> right now at the Petroleum <laughs> Club. Don't worry, we're sipping on water though. So. How is it introducing, I guess, this new way to uh, measure real time and all this new technology? Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how has that been with uh, with uh, with customers? Well, so the, the, the way that it, most everybody's trying to sell things now is how is it saving money yeah. or how is it delivering more production? Yeah. So in this case, we're primarily focused on, well, there's two things. One is the way we save money is um, helping reduce, there's an expensive chemical called friction reducer, right? It's uh, right. FR is what it's called. Sure. Right? So this is, is like reducing the overuse of this. Um, okay. And is that that is that that expensive knob right expensive there? Knob, okay. Right? So, so it doesn't always have to be uh, turned. And we can actually show pretty definitively that it, it can even be turned less than most people even think it can be. It, okay. Like you're actually just in baseline. A lot of companies are using more than they might need to. It's waste. Um, it's, it's waste right there. Right. So yeah. that's that's the cost savings. The other thing is that when you when you are start introducing this produced water, it's a lot more uh, saline, and so it, it when you introduce that into your frac system, uh, it has a tendency to be a lot more corrosive. So okay. You imagine you pump corrosive fluids through very expensive frack equipment. And wears you, it down. You wears it down. You have uh, washouts. You get holes. You get leaks, and you have you know downtime in your frack operation because uh, you've corroded through equipment that you have to replace or repair or whatever. And so that's an, you know an enormous cost uh, right there, right? Um, and then from an optimization standpoint, it's you know, how do we help people design a you know the the way they get the frack off so that you get the most sand put away at the lowest chemical cost and get the frag propagated where the way you want to so that you get that more production right those are the kind of things that are are useful and so the extension of that is so that, that's restream is the, is the fluid this sort of unique fluid okay chemistry. and then the frack stream is the extension of that so we started building that system 
And in order for that chemistry data information to be useful, you have to put it in the context of the entire frack operation, right? So if I just give you a bunch of chemistry data and I don't tell you like what's happening on the frack, it's it's not as useful as if I give you the context of here's what we were doing, here's what we were pumping, all those kinds of things. Right. So then we took that to the extreme, and we now we deploy sensors on all the different components on a frack site, and we can give you real time visibility of what's happening with your wireline units, what's happening with your pump down units, what's happening with your uh, you know offset wells. So it ties in everything. It ties in everything. And you can see it you know, on your phone, you can see it on your, like, it's only like in less than three seconds from when it happens in the real world, you can see it on your, you know, from the beach, from your laptop or, or whatever, and have that's a pretty instantaneous visibility uh, of exactly what's going on across your entire fleet. And that's really, uh, I was kind of surprised. So, so in the drilling world, you know, the rig has an EDR, right? It's an electronic drilling recorder, right. records all the, all the sensors, it's all the central, right. central hub. That doesn't exist for frack. It's all separate. It's like different separate vendors and all. The so you need people to go. You, so you pretty much, if I, if I need a piece of information, I need to, I need to you contact go this person or this person or this person. He's got to dig it out and send you an email or right. something like that or upload it to a portal. Whatever, and that's an hour, two hours a day or something weeks like that. Yeah, could be, yeah, you know, yeah. It depends, right? And so this, our system basically it gathers all that data in real time, cleans it up, timestamps it, synchronizes it, puts it up so it's consumable anywhere you want. I love that. Anytime. It's really, it's really fantastic. Dude, and, and, and taking it back to the energy tech night, like, I mean, you're seeing some really cool technology in our industry. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm digging about the, the technology is that it's becoming kind of, uh, we're not thinking of it as work technology. We're kind of incorporating it as like, you know, like you can check it on your phone now. You can check yep. it. This it's real time. It's this mm -hmm. because, it's, it's, it's catering pretty much to how us as consumers today yep. want things. And I, I'm, I'm really digging the, the push in technology when it comes to monitoring, tying things in, mm -hmm. um, optimizing, you know, wells. And I'm, I'm really liking that side of the industry. But one thing I've noticed with a lot of these optimizations strategies I've, that I've seen is what it feels like to the customer is that, yeah, we're going to, we can help you get your well better, but really I'm just giving you this big homework assignment because I'm giving you all this extra work. Right, I'm giving you all this inf data that then you have to do something with and do something with to actually make it actionable. Right? No one, no one has time for wants, that. Nobody no has time, time for that. Right, exactly. So we're really focused on our our systems. Like essentially, don't give our customers homework assignments. It actually fundamentally tries to make their lives easier, so that when you're a, a completion engineer looking after two different frack fleets, or you got lots of stuff going on, that you can actually do your job more effectively and spend less time, you know, QCing invoices and right. and doing data because you know they, they, they waste they can't stand that they can't stand it yeah. they waste lots of time and I've had, we've had several guys tell us like yeah we just don't do it yeah you know, because it's such a time suck um, that you know we, that we know that there's probably optimization that can be done but we just we don't have time to do it because of the the mess of all the information and you have a lot of companies that are very that are very a skeleton crew right now you have yep. a lot of companies that have like a lot of great people mm -hmm. go and a lot of people wearing different hats and all yep. that stuff so yeah if you can make if you can kind of double someone's per, uh, Productivity. productivity. Yeah. I mean, that's, or triple. I mean, that's, that's, that yeah. right there is, and at the same time, impressive. make their life easier. That's, then, then you're, you know, you're, you're gaining customers that will, you know, stay with you, right? What, why is Amazon so productive? It's because you can pick up your phone, you search in, you find exactly what you want, you swipe it, and then it just it's shows there. up, right? It shows up. That's, I mean, that, that's fantastic. So, so for someone that has come from the drone side, it sounds to me like you're pretty caught up on the, uh, the, the completions production side. So, color me impressed. I oh. like that. I dig it. I dig it. So, let's get back to the branding. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me about. Yeah, so so make better wells, right? Yeah. It's uh so tally is a collection of uh, twelve uh, different uh, acquisitions over the last uh, I guess it's four years now. Wow. Um, and so we're in that transition where we are you making that decision between how do you retain the brand equity of the of the businesses that, that tally acquired, which right. you know, they bought they acquired these businesses for a reason, right? They, they didn't buy any, any nothing was bought like as a you know fire sale like they, they bought you know strong healthy businesses and, and a few aspiring technologies, and so. That balance between the transition from retaining legacy brand equity, but also trying to you know promote and and also 
by promoting the Tally brand, it helps it helps connect all right. these different things. Like I was talking about earlier about you know helping people understand that like you know we're not just you know Premier Directional, we're not just uh, Epic uh, Plunger Lift, we're not just Nighthawk Frack Plugs, we're Tally Energy Services, and we actually offer all these different things. And just just that it's like kind of a weird mental switch by just kind of making that switch. It helps people get that oh yeah, there's all kinds of other stuff, and we're all on the same team, and, and we can like I think it makes people feel more comfortable. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and I've I've seen people get really like kind of enthusiastic and inspired. They're like, man, I, you know, I didn't really even know we had all this cool stuff. This is great. And they feel better about the company just overall, even though they don't work in those other divisions on a daily basis, just to know that they exist and know it's all part of the same team. It's a, it, it's had a, at least from my observations, it's had a very, you know, encouraging effect. So. I, I, was, I remember I was talking to someone, I forget what company it was, but they, larger company, they had all these different, you know, you know, companies underneath the umbrella company, the parent mm-hmm. company, all that stuff. And there was a huge debate that they were having on, do we change everything to this one, mm. to this, to our name, to right. our parent name, or do we keep the, you know, because, you know, they got roots in the Hainesville area. They got roots in West Texas. Do yep. we want to change the name that they've known for 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, to, to this new name that, that doesn't have a lot of clout. So that's kind of, I, I, would, I would assume that's a very interesting conversation. It's, a, t- to it's have. a tough sort of line to walk as to what's the right time to, you know, make those kind of transitions. And we've, we've kind of started um, on the drilling side first. So now we're, you know, we're tally drilling services yeah. and we're, we're moving to, you know, tally digital solutions and you know, tally completion tools. That's, you know, that's kind of where the, the legacy brands are now like the product names as opposed to being like the, I got you. Know you. I, mean? I dig right. that. And, and, and then on the production side, you know, they're, they're probably the, they're, they're the, the more they, they retain more of their initial sort of brand equity currently is we have you know, priorities of really was this well, for the real time stuff no this is on the production side. okay so priorities gas lift company and they're really well established gas lift company they've got you know they've got work all over um, all over the united states and particularly entrenched in certain basins and so that's a, that's a name brand that we don't want to get rid of and same with epic they you know they're really yeah. established plunger company and yeah. so there's there's these names that you know we're we're retaining those but but they're they are part of the tally production systems sort of group Right. That's the kind of the idea. So did you have any, I guess, experience when it came, when it comes to like branding and this, and this, and this strategy, it just seems like a, a pretty fun challenge, yep. you know, uh, have you had any experience before when it comes to this? Not, not like not direct experience where I had any influence on it. Right. But, but when I was, I worked for, I started my career working for Slumberjay and, you know, they, Slumberjay had acquired Anadrill and they acquired Swacko and, and these kind of companies. And I just sort of observed, okay. you know, these kind of transitions and seeing how there were guys that were, Previously, a company called Western Geco, which is a you know, seismic company, and and they're kind of they had a certain culture about way they way they did things, and, and then how that kind of gets you know moved into the to this overall slumberjack culture. So I, I do have some exposure to it, but uh, nobody was ever asking me then like, hey John, what do you think about this, right? <laughs> but, but do you but like you, it though? I mean, that's, that's no, kind of cool though. No, it's very cool. Because I mean, you've been in, you've been in sales, you've been in front of the, you know face to face with the customers, you know, for so long. You still are, but mm-hmm. the thing is, uh, your plate got a little bit more full by doing this 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 branding role, this marketing role. Yeah, no, I, I'm extremely blessed. Really, really lucky. It sounds exciting, dude. It is. It's cool. I love that sound. And it's cool. It's it's cool to you know to be excited about the company that you work for and and to have you know feel like you could have some influence and in getting the message out about you know be evangelical about you know what you're doing, right? So that's, that's and there's a lot of buy-in right now from 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 the people because I met a couple of Italian people at the Energy Tech now yeah. and I was really impressed with them. Yeah, there's, I mean that's what I'm saying. We got a great team. We got a really a lot of really bright you know smart hardworking people. People that are, you know busting their tails and um, and I, and I, I think there's a lot of we're gonna have a really good 2022. I mean, we're having a we're having a good 2021. I love hearing that. But but we feel really good about 2020. I love hearing good good news like that. I was talking to some guy with American Cementing uh, yesterday, and he and and he 
he was saying the same thing. He's like, you know, it's things, you know, obviously it could be better, but I mean, we're doing, I, yeah. I love hearing good news about in, in our industry right now yeah. with companies and people, good people doing well. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we, we have a team of a lot of really good people. If you're trying to get to a new well site location, what sounds easier? Take a left after the second smoke signal, hang a right after the fourth pump jack, and if you reach the third medium-sized boulder, you've gone too far. Or simply plug in the location in a trustworthy app and confidently drive in there. Oh, but JP, apps don't work on lease roads. They only get me close to location, but not exactly to the location. Hey, I know, I know, and I hear and I get you. I'm not talking about some normal civilian app. I'm talking about some game-changing technology for our industry. Technology is so advanced, it does what couldn't be done before, not get you lost on lease roads. Wellsite Navigator is introducing the new technology that you've been asking for, lease road navigation. They've already mapped over 19,000 miles of oilfield lease roads that don't appear anywhere else, and every week they are adding more. Wellsite Navigator is the most trusted, it's the most downloaded oilfield mobile app of all time. Founded almost 10 years ago as the first navigation app for the oil field, they helped more than 100,000 oil field hands find millions of well sites in 22 states, quickly, safely, and reliably. Most of their users come from word of mouth, so hey, help spread the word, talk to a friend. They're giving all Energy Crew listeners their first month free when you click the link in the show notes below. Plus, when you refer a friend, they get their first month free and you get a $10 Amazon card. So follow the link in our show notes to get started. Come on, make your life easier. What do you see has changed, I guess, uh, today versus, I guess, when we first talked, which was kind of in the middle of this, uh, trying to think, the well, lockdown. Yeah, when was that? That was, was it October, November of Man, last year? Man, I feel like it was. Yeah. I, have you noticed, like, I, my sense of time Dude, in, the, in this post-COVID world is so screwed that up? That is a great point to make. Like, for example, people talking about the, the AD Casino night and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, 2019, that was crazy. Like, no, that was 2020. I'm like, was it? And then you start thinking, like, I'm, I remember I went to my buddy Cole Thompson's uh, uh, place, and I was like, man, can you believe it was, what, what has it been, five, six months? They're like, that was no, a year. That was a year and, and a half ago. That, yeah. was, that was a year ago or like 13 months ago. I was, I was, I'm, I've been blown away about the sense of time. Yes. And, and now look at it. It's, it's almost October. It's October. It's, it's Q4. Yeah, yeah, of 2021. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's is this the way moving forward the grasp of I, time? You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of this. It's like, this is like normal. It's just a sign of getting older and it's actually not COVID related oh, at all. Shit. <laughs> oh shit. I did. I did turn 40 during COVID. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it might be that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, right. the that's when the time thing yeah. started, started kicking in. I think in. I'm 42. But so, it's, but, it, but it, yeah. it really has been weird. Like accelerated. I mean, whether, whether you're connecting with people, whether you're talking to people, whether, uh, whether you're remembering back to the last Christmas and next thing you know, it's like, Oh my God, how was that? You know, that long ago. Right. I mean, it's, it's been it insane. Seem like, yeah. Yeah. It's been insane. So what has, what, how do you, what's changed in our industry, I guess, and that on the, on that standpoint from, you know, in the middle of October last year to kind of where we're at today, what are you seeing? Well, I felt like a few months ago that it was like, we were really going to get back to kind of the, you know, the, that was March. Yeah. That was February. Good old days. We're getting back to like, yeah, you, I feel like that was January, February feeling meeting people in person yeah. and like things are kind of loosening up and, and then it feels like it's a little bit tempered now, you know? There's some things I think that are going to be permanently different. Like there's a lot of companies that are just still, they're just, I think they're going to like work from home. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I, you know, I think the, you know, the, the percentage of, you know, teams meeting Zoom calls is, is going to be a, you know, a constant, you know, 20 to 50% of the time I yeah. think, pretty much going forward. But, but, you know, for example, we're uh, in October, October 1st of last year, everybody had been so pent up. We were, you know, and finally things were starting to open up. So we said, let, let's, let's host an event, yeah. an outdoor event. So we put on the, the, the Tally Energy COVID classic uh, golf tournament. And, I dig that. And it was kind of, we kind of threw it together, like in about six weeks of planning, just you know, put it together. 
it went off really good. Everybody had a really good time. I mean, there's little hiccups here and there, but in general, it was, it was a lot of fun. And so we're doing it again um, uh, this October 1st. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, it's at High Meadow Ranch. Um, we've got, we're sold out. You know, I've got 100 many golfers that let us put on the course. And uh, we've got a bunch of cook teams going to come out. Isn't that great, though? I mean, just seeing, like, everyone wants to get out. Everyone wants to do something and that's like what, that. And that really is interesting. You know, last year when, it, when we did it, there was, like, a sense of, like, we're, we're through finally, we're, you know, finally, right? Finally, so, you know, yeah. I hadn't seen people outside in forever, but getting to be outside, it was a beautiful day. And so like, we're really kind of hoping for, for that again, um, here in a couple of weeks time, man, I think, I think people, I think you're right. I mean, I think there's some, obviously, uh, people are still very nervous to get in, in front of people. Um, I think there's, uh, and that's a personal choice, mm. you know, and I understand that, but I, it's also extremely important. I mean, you're seeing this now, it's extremely important for people to, to continue to not only, and that's the thing. I felt like people expanding their networks during uh, during whatever how long ago, how long that was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it stopped. You worked with the network that you had. It was yes. very difficult to 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 bring to establish connections and a, a genuine relationships with any with any new people. You mm -hmm. know, I think uh, through COVID, if it taught anyone anything, it's you need your network is kind of that's that's your safety net. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had people, uh, you know messaging me you know good people good you know that i haven't talked to in seven years and and you know the operators and um you know they wouldn't back then they wouldn't go back to my you know emails or anything like that and they right. probably still don't but you know you, you start seeing these people reach out to you and it's like hey do you know anyone do you know anyone? And it's like mm -hmm. man like i feel like you should be knowing some people mm -hmm. like i'm not i'm not being rude or anything like that but i kind of feel like as an you know whether you're an operator whether you're a service person like it's our right now it's more important than ever to expand your network yes. to get out there to meet people because it, We've lost a year of that, yeah. a year and a half of that. Absolutely. And if, if people get comfortable that way, then it's just going to be a numbers business where. So I'm going to go in a rabbit hole for a second about, about network effects. I love, so I love your rabbit There's holes. this thing called uh, Metcalf's Law, which is like this, uh, this, the value of a network increases proportionally to the square of the number of people in it. I think I said that right. So basically, it essentially means that the bigger that your network is, it, it grows in value exponentially. Yes. So the idea is the, the, uh, the largest um, hotel chain in the world uh, owns no hotels. It's uh, mm -hmm. a network of people in Airbnbs, right? The largest taxi car company in the world owns no cars. It's a network of yeah. drivers and passengers in the form of Uber and Lyft. Right. Uh, Bitcoin, it's a network. Facebook, the thing that gives Facebook value is not their technology. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily like, you know, what it looks like. It's the fact that, Hey, all your friends are on it. Right? Yeah. Your family's on it. So the network of it. So the value of the network is normally important. And and that's like in the, in the, in Amazon, same thing. It's the biggest retailer in the world. It's a network of buyers and sellers. Right. And so as a, as an individual, you can kind of take that same mentality that, you know, you're, as you, as your personal network grows then it, you can help other people, you can facilitate, uh, different things and so like that's a kind of a personal standpoint think of a Metcalf, Metcalf's law uh, in that regard is, that, is it has been that, that was, when I kind of learned about that uh, I guess last year the year before it was like it was like <sighs> of course I mean it makes I mean it makes sense I mean if I know for example let's say I've been calling on drilling for so long at X company and all this stuff oh I don't know any completions but your network probably knows someone in drill, yep. knows someone that knows someone in completions right. or vice versa yep. so it's it's you gotta be, you gotta be building it, you yep. know, and I, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a huge surge on LinkedIn. I've actually met a lot of great friends from LinkedIn, you know, right. like you mean one of them, like, right. it's just like, you're meeting a lot of like great people that way. And which is great and all, but you're not going to get a, a bond with someone right. you know, based on uh, commenting on a LinkedIn post or anything like that. Sure. You need to be around them. You need to talk about other stuff besides sure, work. This, uh, crew club crew crew club is this uh, is this your your your, your tool to um, so what that this? so what that is and what it's i'm you know i'm starting this uh, little uh, networking group you know i'm gonna 
Q4. It's going to be a quarterly thing. I'm keeping it small. But what that is, it's going to be, you know, you, you go to any, you know, industry event, you know, happy hour or, or whatever golf tournament or something like that. Operators aren't majority of operators don't like going because especially now they get hounded, you know what I mean? Right. They're chumming the water, yep. you know? So what this is, this is kind of a, a thing where I'm opening up to, to, to select, you know, vendors, you mm -hmm. know, for now, you know, I, I got to get my hands around this. But open up to a group, you know, a group of vendors, you know, anywhere from 14 to 17 uh, mm -hmm. uh, different vendors. Quality um, companies. Quality companies. Um, and uh, sure, yeah, quality quality people. I quality think the, the most important to me is the people. Right. You know what I mean? Because one thing's for certain, especially after COVID, it's it's not the company's uh, connections, it's the person's mm. connections. You know mm. what I mean? So, yeah, quality people, quality companies. Mm. Um and what what I want, I want I want it to be a, a place where everyone benefits. I want it to be a place where you know it's, it's operator heavy. So because operators need to be networking, they, do. You know, they need to be networking more than salespeople. I feel like we've uh, we've helped several guys get jobs. You know, former customers that you know their companies didn't survive the uh, downturn. We've tried to help them uh, get jobs elsewhere. And you and, and and these network events that, that people should be at, that people should be um, that operators should be at, and should be you know growing their relationships and all that stuff. They just don't they don't go. And I understand why. Sure. I really do. I yep. get that. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, let's have a controlled environment where it's a genuine good time, you know, no sales pitches. Let's just get to, I want this to be one of those things where it kind of evolves. It's like, Hey, look, you know, let's, Oh, you're not doing anything tomorrow. Like, I want this not just to be hey, between the hours of five and seven, that's network. And I want this to continue to mm -hmm. grow. I want operators to kind of start tagging up. I mean, you never know what opportunities could come, yep. whether you're a service company, what, well, Hey, we should start our own thing or whether you're an operator or private equity comes, you know, a guy, actually, I just met someone at, you know, uh, club crew uh, the other night. Right. Uh, so, so who knows? So, well, cause I, th I think, you know, it's a, it's a great idea because I think one of the things that, that I would like to see as the, you know, as the oil industry evolves is that it gets more collaborative. Yes. I think there, I have the sense that, you know, years ago there was a more collaborative sort of uh, relationship between uh, operators and service companies. Yes. And then over time it, it, things got very competitive and, and it, it almost seems like sort of, contentious or competitive. That was 2015, 2016. You know I, mean? I, can, I know, yeah. I know that when you're talking about. And so I, I think it'd be good. And, and these, these kinds of things can help foster that is that there's a more collaborative thing that it's, uh, it's not, a, it's not as, it's not as competitive. It's more like, Hey, how can we help each other out? And that we are, a, that's it. We, we are an industry that we, we depend on each other. And so how can we, uh, do that more effectively once you stop viewing it as an operator vendor role and more of a business partner role um I'm, i know companies that i know companies that treat their vendors like you know they're they're a dime a dozen hey you know if, yeah. if you don't do what i say get off my location or something like mm -hmm. that but i've also seen a lot of vendors that are treating uh their vendors i've also seen a lot of operators that are treating their vendors like business partners and yep. i'll tell you one thing number one i feel like the culture is is, is better there it's, it's you know, the people there um they're more open. They're mm -hmm. more willing to, to, to work with you and talk to you. And, and you can ask those questions, you mm -hmm. know, what do you really need? Well, how can we help you? Yeah. But when they view vendors as, you know, business partners, you notice that their operations, that everything is a lot smoother. It's more, as you said, collaborative, yeah. it's more of a team. Right. And there's more, seems more flexibility to find a, find a better way of doing things as opposed to just, we're going to do it this way because. Because I said so, and you're this, yeah. Yeah. I pay from the neck down. Right. That type of mentality. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I think, you know, you're seeing a lot more of these companies transition to that, um, hopefully, whether it's design or by choice. But um, I think that's I think that's crucial. I, I mean, see. I mean, if, if you're looking to optimize well, save costs, whatever, whatever that mm -hmm. is, what everyone, what every oil company is trying to do right mm -hmm. now. I think working with your vendors in a partnership mentality would probably yield a lot of results. And in and, and doing so in a way that you trust them and that trust comes from 
relationships and, and all that stuff. So we can get we can we can get past the thing of I'm I'm trying to I'm not trying to sell you something you don't need. I'm actually this yeah. is, this is really going to work for you because you trust me. And that's the thing, though, and that's that's the whole point of having these events and having these uh, unique networking events in these in these close settings. That number one, the operator feels com comfortable to going and connect with other mm -hmm. operators, so they benefit from that. The service side, they they start talking to each other. So I found out I get my, most of my inf good information from the from my, my oil field service buddies. You right. know what I mean? That's what right. you find. Hey, this guy's picking a rig. I don't know. Let me check. You know, boop, yep. you just do a little group text yeah, and yeah. find out. I mean, that's that's <laughs> where you find your information. You know, and I remember I was talking to one person in Dallas, and uh, they couldn't find uh, a job. Uh, they were a petroleum engineer, mm -hmm. just moved there uh, during COVID. Didn't have a network there. It's brutal. And uh, I was talking to him. Like, so he'd been talking to you, been networking with you. He's like, man, I, I met with this company. I met with these people at this company. And it was all operators. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, have you, have you talked to any service people about potential positions that are open and all this stuff? He's like, man, I really haven't. I'm like, those are the people that know who's looking mm -hmm. for who. Who's busy. and Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. you got to expand your network with the service side too, man. Like. Yeah. Don't worry about people selling to you, man. There's nothing to sell right now. You know what I mean? So just might as well get to know them because they, they might, hey, look, you got to meet this guy. Hey, you got to meet John. Like, he'd be great on your team. Mm, yeah. So no, That's good advice. That's good advice. Is your JP the recruiter as well? I don't know, man. Who knows where Who knows where Connection Crew is going to go, man? But I'm excited about it. Dude. No, I, th I think there's that. a need. It's, it's a new school with an old school uh, mentality. I would I'll, eventually, you know, after, you know, this, uh, this quarter, I'd like to – Start doing like a young, uh, uh, you know, get some yeah. young, get some young vendors, get some it, young. It is a young, just the, the the industry is getting much younger. But I was I was talking to Gr uh, Griffin Selby over at up a at Eventive on a, on a breakfast run, and he's like, you know, we don't hear about events, you know, we don't hear about these golf unless it's last minute, mm. you know, and that's I think it's important to kind of bring the newer generation into these networking events so they they start having yep. relationships so it's kind of we pass on a, an oil field 100%. where it's like it is relationship yep. based you gotta avoid that great crew change uh you know gap right the great crew change gap where things are decided off of a lowest cost which actually kind of screws people in the long run because <laughs> you know you know what's funny it's like that, that's something else i know i'm rambling right now but whatever who i don't care so you know what's funny it's like it's your show man you know we're talking about lower cost, <laughs> but you're the guest but we're talking about but okay give me your thoughts on this we're talking about low cost right mm -hmm. obviously as an, as an operator or service company whoever you are with yeah. your hotel things should something should be low cost right but it's funny because it's like man you don't buy low cost on your shoes man you don't buy low cost in your car and your right. family car like you buy you you buy value products as yep. for your personal life, for your mm -hmm. family. But yet when you go to work with a, with, with a lot at stake, you're going to go low cost on this. Mm. No, it's true. Um, I, I, there's one expression I like where uh, um, if you think it's ex expensive to hire that experienced person, just think how much it'll cost you if you hire the guy with no experience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's a great point. Yeah. So um, anyway, so you, so uh, you want to get in on the, some other tangents right now? So you, uh, you just had a, uh, you just had COVID. Not just in well, January. 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 But that's the thing. I don't know what date. I don't know what month it is right now. Ta yeah. The time. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I had it in January. Um, I was sick for about two weeks. Okay. I was just, uh, you know, never never lost smell or, or or taste or anything like that. And never really had a fever. But I just was just dragging. Lethargic. Just, just, you know, super low energy. I could, you know, took I no stamina. I got, no yeah. stamina, no strength. So we uh, we were talking earlier before this. And uh, we talked about, you know, the. the sense of smell and taste and all mm -hmm. stuff going away and you know there's people that I, I that i know that have had it for five months that still don't have it back but you have a story about one of your <laughs> yes. buddies uh finding yeah. uh, finding his newly sense yeah so apparently there's some sort of thing this, this is a apparently a thing that your nose your, your a lot of people know that you know memories are, are tied to senses. Yes. you know you smell the fresh cut glass you think of a football practice yep. in high school or whatever um so this guy uh, he had covid and he uh, lost his sense of smell sense of taste everything pretty pretty bad 
Um, and then somehow in the process, it like rewire, rewired his brain so that when his smell came back, it, it mixed up some of the smells. Like, what do you mean? So, for example, he was uh, brushing his teeth and uh, he said it, it smelled like a fart. Okay. <laughs> and then he, so he's like looking at his toothbrush. I guess it's been a while since maybe this toothbrush just, oh, I don't know. So he swaps out for the toothbrush. Same thing again. Uh, swaps out the toothpaste. Same thing again. And uh, basically, he, he, there's, he found there's like two or three different things that are uh, in his life that uh, – Used to smell like toothpaste. Now he associates that toothpaste smell in his brain. It's kind of rewired to. His Do you house. realize how miserable that has to I be? Can't, so I pretty much that. every minty thing that should help your hygiene and make you smell good, you're walking around yeah. thinking that you smell like a fart. Yeah, that's brutal. I know, right? That sucks. I know. I, I think it's been getting better, but it was like it was one of these kind of things. And he was like, he was texting his wife. He said, "Smell that. What's that smell like?" She's like, it "Smells like toothpaste. What's wrong?" And that's when he knew, like, that's when he, like, the light went off. Dude, I don't, can, can you imagine, like, I don't care if, it, if it's getting better. Even one day of that, that's, right. that's bad. Yeah, it would be bad. That it is bad. bad. It's, a hard, it's hard to feel clean, right? If you're, it uh, is. And then, uh, and then, so what's going on in the world today with all this? I mean, it's, uh, you got the Delta variant, but then you got people still going out. Then you got some people. It's kind of a, now it's kind of a, you know, you got people that are tired of the lockdown, but also support them. But it's, it's kind of a smorgasbord out there I, right now. I think everybody's tired of the lockdown. I really do. I, I think. Uh, there's a lot of fatigue. There's got to be fatigue. I'm certainly, I certainly have fatigue about yes. it. Yes. Um, and I think the thing that's been interesting, the thing that's been interesting to me is, is, is the, the thing that scares me a little bit is the vaccine mandates. Like yes. Demanding somebody do something like demanding that, you know, I, somebody inject something into yep. their arm. And, um, and then also I, it seems from what I've read, and again, it's always, it's always tough to be, you know, nobody's an expert. It's no hard, one's it's an hard, expert. It's hard to know what's, yeah. what's real, what's true. What's, but, but from everything I've seen, the vaccine doesn't actually uh, prevent spreading it. It doesn't. So if that's the case, then it absolutely should just be a choice. In my, in my, in my, in my philosophy, Listen, man, I agree with that, you. Uh, you know, look, it, you can understand that the vaccine uh, is not going to help prevent the uh, spread of it. Yeah, it will protect you. It'll, it'll sort of effectively you know, the way you can say is it, it takes the the likelihood of death, the severity. The, it takes the likelihood of, of dying from this or super severe potentially reduces that. And maybe takes it off the table a little bit. You know. <laughs> And, and and that's a and that's a fair assessment. But the, thing, the reality is, is that and the, the really interesting about these vaccines is that they're very very specific. I mean, they are sniper vaccines, right? They're targeted. That's why these variants are happening. Is that the vaccines were targeted at a very specific, you know, spike protein on this, right. you know, on this on this virus. And if it viruses and nature is mutates, it, it mutates. It's that's what it's designed to do. And so um, my concern with this stuff, and and this is why it sounds terrible, but like um, apparently, if you've had the if you've had COVID, I I heard it on Joe Rogan. I think it was. Where it says you're six to thirteen times more. There was a study like out of yeah, Israel or something yeah, like that yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then the question is, okay, if you've had it, should you get vaccinated? All these different things, and it's it's so hard to know what's the what's right, right smart choice. And there's you combine that with people's you know personal you know feelings about medicine in general or uh, religious beliefs and all this kind of stuff. And so what happens? You try to pull this mandate, and then you make all these exceptions, and, it, and it's like, well, then the mandates, you know. I think mandates. I mean, first off, you, you're telling people what to do. I mean, I don't think anyone. That leaves a good flavor in anyone's mouth. No, I'm 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 a bi I'm big on freedom. I'm big on personal freedom. I'm, you know, I think that's what our country was founded on those these kinds of principles. And so I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with. I am very uncomfortable with that too. With and those. I think one thing after COVID, like first off, I didn't really dig the government before, but I think after COVID, I'm just done. Well, they've, they've, done with them. Yeah, they've, done. they've sort of demonstrated a, a lack of competency, a lack of a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lack of a lot of stuff. I mean, there are good people. I you know, I think there are good civil servants in the government, but I think at you know at the highest levels, it's there's like a there's a a lack of uh, 
credibility. I just, I just and I think there's a lot of people that think that, but, and that's, and that's a good point about the, about the vaccine. It, it doesn't prevent you from doing So I think it's, I think there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of definitely camps right now about mm -hmm. uh, that. For example, like, oh, you can't come over because you don't have the vaccine, but if you're vaccinated, why do you care if I have right. it? Cause I'm the one that's going to be hurting or, right. or if you don't have it, you're the one be that's hurting, not me. Mm -hmm. Like I got mine. Like, yeah. So it's like, there's like some inconsistency. There's an inconsistency with like, so, you got to protect yourself. So why would you give a shit if I'm not, if I'm choosing something else? Or like, I've got to wear a mask into a restaurant. And as soon as I sit down. Down, yeah, the mask and, is on. Like it just, these these kinds of things just like they kind of. To me, uh, you know, before, when this first thing started, I was like, okay, fine. I get it. I dig that. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But after, you know, you come so long and after there's so much inconsistencies with the, with the, the, the governments, the leadership or whatever you want to call it, the, the states, whatever what yeah. it is. At this point of the, the day, it's like, just let people make their decision. And who gives a shit what that decision is? I mean, at the end, like, look, like, whether mask, no mask, vaccine, want to work from home, one of this, it's people's choice, man. Like, yeah. I think I think we need to be in a time right now where we're actually respecting people's choice and not offering our opinion how they should mm -hmm. or shouldn't live their life. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm really big on personal freedom and, you know, independence. But then also at the same time, that, that like, like I tell my kids, like my parents told me, like, with freedom comes responsibility. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that that's that's the other part of the coin is that if we you know want to preach preach uh, personal freedom, then you know there's the there's the responsibility to live your life according to those you know, principles as well, and, and that you're not then a drain on the societal yes. resources. Right. Yeah. That, that's 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 the tricky part. Is it? Uh, I know. You're, yeah. No. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. That was good. Okay. I dig it. I'm picking it up. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much. So pretty much. If you're choosing to do X, Y, Z, accept the accept the outcome of that. You know what I mean? Whether you're relying on the government, whether you're relying on this, whether right. you're relying on you know your company continue like oh well you should extend me. Well, it's the company's decision if they wanted to allow you to work from home. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's yeah. There's a lot of different ways that there's that, a lot that that that, that, that kind of uh, manifests itself and uh, and so it's just you know you you. Do you get worked up by this stuff or you just kind of no, know? No, no, so I don't. You get this information, you get this mandate stuff, you get all this, whether whether it's work, whether it's personal. I mean, how do you deal with your stress? Well, I, th I think uh, I think the word you said earlier was the, the fatigue. I yeah. think I, 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 I would get worked up about it, but I, like at this point, I, I kind of just You're have, over I, it. I'm just I really am. Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, I, for you try to exercise a couple days a week and, you know, burn out the we're out the, the, yeah. the stress is there, you know, take the dogs for a walk, stuff like that. That's the, but, so you get out and about to kind of uh, decompress. Absolutely. Okay. That's critical. Yeah. All yeah. right. And probably drink more whiskey than I should. Brother, man. <laughs> I think during COVID, man, I think that everybody, everyone got in on that. Right. Uh, right. Shit, I think if they closed liquor stores, it'd be riots. Well, isn't that interesting that that was considered, uh, what was a, a, was, a, a, uh, a, a vital business, vital business or whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was interesting. Yeah. But close everything else, but leave McDonald's open. But yeah. okay, I dig it. I get yeah. that. It's about health. But um, what else is what else is going on in your world, man? So just I, I I'm, do you what do you think about? So one of this is useful. It's a, it's a topic in in the oil business, but it's also a a topic just in in the world in general. Is what do you what is your opinion about automation? Is it good? Is it bad? Ooh. What is your opinion about artificial intelligence? Is it good? Is it bad? Ooh, okay. Because these are interesting. Like I'm I'm fascinated. There's this company. So I, I was on a long flight a couple years ago, and I watched this documentary about uh, AlphaGo. So there's this company called DeepMind. They're they got acquired by Google a few years that ago. These are the deep these, fakes. These are the no. They're, these are the, they're they're building these uh, artificial intelligence uh, machines that basically beat the best chess player in the world. And then Go, I don't know if you, Go is like that. It's the it's the black and white uh, coin things on a board. It's, oh, is that? It's like chess. Yeah, in terms I've of, seen in that. In terms of the complexity, it's like chess, like 
times a million. Okay. It's like like infinitely more complex in the, in the number of iterations and stuff. And and they, nobody had ever been able to build a machine that could beat a human at, at, at Go. But this company, DeepMind, they built Alpha Go and they and they beat the, the greatest Go player of all times. And so now they're now they're into the, moving into the like uh, strategy team game. So they have like out, uh, uh, an AI machine that's basically playing against the best teams in the world of I think StarCraft. You know some of these yeah. like, these like gamer games yeah. that are, that are you know, and so um, they have this they have all this stuff like these 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 AI machines are getting a lot of power and and it's all like it's kind of cool when you talk about uh, okay. Can they beat the best players of these of these games? Does it come with that twelve year old uh, boy in the microphone uh, talking about talking about your mother if they're beating you at a uh, smartphone? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Okay, that. all right. <laughs> that may be the advanced feature, I guess. I that's, that's 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 add on. Certain to have a knob. That's the add on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want the? Yeah, that's funny. Um, but the other thing they've done is so this deep mind company they they basically figured out a way to predict. Uh, and I, I'm way out of my depth here, but well, the way that proteins actually are built. Right? Okay. And proteins are like, like, imagine just like the building blocks of the proteins and things that are like affect your vaccines, affect your cell building, all that kind of stuff. And they basically uh, published to the world this uh, catalog of all these predicted proteins that, that was generated by this artificial intelligence. Something that it's, it's, a, it's like a problem that's been, been worked on by humans for like 50 years. And, and they, they just run through you know, they, algorithms, they, I, yeah, models, I don't exactly know how it whatever. works, but they, but they, yeah, they run through these, uh, these sort of teaching models and the machine like teaches itself and it gets smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. And so do I feel about that? Exactly. Well, first is that thought, good or is that, so there's a lot of, yeah, so you some of the good things is make, you can make uh, better medicines, you can make better vaccines, you know, there's a lot of positive things, but it's a major lot downfall of, Skynet. Exactly. It's a lot of power. Yeah. It's a lot of power. It is a lot. And the thing is, though, honestly, like, look, you, you, what is that technology cycle where technology increases by two every six months or something like that, right? Look, the thing is, at the end of the day, all right, great question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a lot. So pretty much I don't have an opinion, but I'm going to talk I, about I, I, several I'm, thoughts. I'm still trying to form it. So number one, um, I think that technology is moving at an accelerated rate um, that, look, that is making our lives easier, but there's a lot of effects that we probably don't know. So mm -hmm. in, in going all in with an AI, I mean, what, Google launched their AI Twitter account and it immediately went homophobic and racist within like 15 minutes. Did it really? Oh, I yeah. Heard that story. Oh, yeah. yeah. It immediately went homophobic. Just in response to the comments that were coming? That just were respond to everything. Far yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Um, Does that I say more about who, about this machine or about people. Mm, I don't <laughs> see. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, the other, I mean, the other side of that is, um, you know, uh, you start making AI decisions. I mean, I think there was a, like a black mirror episode or something like that, where someone went into, to get a bank loan or something like that. And based on this AI configuration, they wouldn't, wouldn't get Ooh. it. But yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's like, sorry, the system says you can't, we can't. Right. So, I mean, there's that aspect where it kind of, it allows people to remove the humanity mm -hmm. of decisions, yeah. which I don't. I don't dig, you know what I mean? I think every person has their own special case. Every case is uh, unique. Mm -hmm. and So, so I think. But we, humans can be flawed in their decision-making too. Every human's flawed. Right. I'm flawed yeah. big time. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to go down that road. Okay. But anyway, okay. so like every, every human's flawed, which is understandable. But I'm saying like, if you're kind of basing every decision on a company or as, as a person based on what an AI an algorithm algorithm told you, then in reality, you're not really kind of making your own personal choice or any mm -hmm. decision like that. You're kind of rely, you mm -hmm. have this. Mm -hmm to kind of uh, lead that. So um, AI, I dig it. Um, I like the the concept and the, the, the it's fascinating to me. It's fast, super fascinating, but it's just, how do you control it? How do you control it and how do you understand, I guess, the impacts of that? I mean, because, I mean, look at your phone now. You know what I mean? Like everyone has a smartphone now. Everyone's checking mm -hmm. Instagram. Everyone's checking Facebook. Everyone's checking all this stuff, which went, at first it was a good thing to stay in touch with your college buddies or your mm -hmm. people from hometown. Now it's kind of has a point where people actually do, but are, there's depression. 
Uh, you know, you're always comparing yourself to yeah. these people in Cabo, San Lucas. Right, with Photoshop. Uh, Photoshop. Oh, we're so happy. They have mm -hmm. no problem. They're not flawed. Bullshit. Right. You know, you, you living my best life. Ex yeah, exactly. YOLO. I don't think YOLO is a thing anymore, but I'm going to bring it back. But like, you know, so I mean, look, I mean, smartphones are great things, a great invention, uh, makes life a lot easier and all that stuff. But at the same time, there's that also added thing to it where you become addicted to it, where mm -hmm. you are always on it. You're you're on that when you're, you know, at your kids' games, you're mm -hmm. you're checking, you like you're bored, you're, you're opening up the fridge looking for something close it. you're checking an app. Yeah. So if there needs to be some self or some self-reflection on kind of, uh, to me, if you're going to start incorporating AI, full-fledged, automatic, I mean, there, I think there needs to be other stuff besides, okay, besides how it gets the job done, how does it affect people? Mm. You know, because I think that's, I think that's a, because it's a legitimate question. Yeah, for sure. yeah it's, it's, it's a good question, which is something that I don't ask a lot, but I think that was a good question. <laughs> that was a good question. And then uh, on the automated side, like, look, man, it's here, man. I, I remember the, uh, it was the, it was the uh, automated V door, I remember that was for the pie paneling system, mm, okay. the first yeah. thing that came out, like and all that stuff. At the end of the day, man, automation it, all it does to me is it, it it shifts labor, you know. So instead of you know, um, but man, I, I don't know because I mean I, I I think you know because I don't want to take anything away from you know you know people that are you know working offshore. But I mean I remember there was talk about like an automated offshore rig in like 2009 when I was at Noble. Yeah. I was like that's. It's mind-boggling, but uh, look, I mean, automation's coming, but... Why do you think it's so slow? I, I can't figure out why auto, has, auto, automation seems to be coming so much slower to the oil industry than a lot of other industries. You know, they've been flying airplanes on autopilot for, forever. Um, there's there's, manufa there's, do you there's think, manufacturing facilities that, that are massively automated. Do you think it's a question of uh, uh, trust in the technology and the automation process, or do you think it's a question of, no, we're a we're people... Uh, business, we're going to keep our people, the the people in the field. Yeah, so I, to me, that, that comes down to the two things. It's, it could either just be the culture of of just kind of the the, the overall culture of what right. the oil oil industry is, or it could be the fact that you know oil is not there. It's it's not the same. Like drilling for a well is not the same as like you know cutting a cube of steel for a car for a car yeah. that has it's a sort of controlled situation, controlled environment. You know. The, the oil fields are kind of sp spread around. They're not like, a, you know, systematic. And, and I guess with the development of shale gas, where we're, you know, this sort of factory type drilling, what they call it, you know, where you're, you're drilling these pad wells and there is a more of a kind of, uh, you know, rinse, wash, repeat yeah. scenario. But even still, even with that, it's, there's, there, there's, it seems to me like the people talk about automation, but there, it's not, uh, I don't, I don't see it. You don't see it. I think neighbors just came out with a, an automated rig. I just saw neighbors got one. I think HP's got yeah. one. You know, there, there's there are you know automated directional drilling systems. There are you know. Can you imagine an AI rig with automated system? Oof, that'd be a big uh, that'd be a big upset in the industry. I'll bet. Well, it, it just it hasn't. It's it's easy for me to think, and I and I could be completely ignorant about this that that the technology fundamentally exists. Yes, but the the willingness or the appetite to deploy it seems to not be there and i don't know if it's because there's a lot of cost required to, to get something system like that functioning properly and so there's a like a lack of willingness to, to spend that money to, to get it for yeah. you or if it's a, just culturally we think uh or, or maybe it's actually physically a harder problem than i than in, that we know that we know i mean for, for some you know structural reasons about how how the oil and gas business works you know i think I mean? if you do see something like i mean here the, th the thing is though also it's like not a lot of people want to test something that extreme out in this market you know what i mean like yeah. whether it's technology whether it's whether it's a, a a new tool or anything like that people are very hesitant to 
to try new stuff or even even try whether it's a mud company or whether it's a, a, a direct it's like man i've used these i don't want to change anything mm-hmm. cash is tight we're not we're not doing this we're not trying this they're out. very interested to hear about it yes but actually the the, the next implement step of implement something new is, is a it's a tougher it's like oh, i'm gonna wait for these people to do it i'm gonna wait for these people to do it yeah. i'll wait for, and it just yeah you know, call, me, call me when my when our neighbors yeah out you need to have a first you need to have a first mover in that yeah. in that yeah. in that thing and I'll, I'll be curious to see how that works you know yeah. But I mean, there's a, but there's gonna be jobs created there through through maintenance of this of these things and whatever that looks like. So, well, because if you look at the last you know hundred years of of uh, technological evolution, we we have gone to greater and greater you know levels of automation, yes. better and better tools. We don't have less jobs. No, you know, we don't. I, I, I read this thing a while back where it said that it was some sort of science fiction uh, story that fifty years ago they they predicted that by you know tw- by the year two thousand we'd all be working like eight hour work weeks and oh. you know or, or, sorry. Was it like four hour work days and we'd have, you know, three days, three days working, four days off. Yeah, it's because, called oil field because, sales. Because there's so much, uh, you know, there's so much technology that there's. And you have so much more time for leisure. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And, and I just, that's, that's, I haven't seen that be the case. Anymore. I don't know. I think I'm going to try to start. I think I'm going to try to start living that though. Okay. Like, I don't think I'm going to try to do that. <laughs> what would Bubba always say? My old boss, he's, uh, I used to call him on like a Thursday. He's like, you know, he's, he say, I'm on overtime <laughs> <laughs> on Thursdays. On yes, overtime. I love it. So, uh, what else is that? Okay. Is that kind of, we're coming up on an hour and yeah. uh, 10 minutes here. What else, what else you got? Um, I don't know. What do you, uh, do you, do, so at the risk of getting political, do you think Joe Biden is like, do you think he's all there? Look, I don't talk politics or anything like that, but if we're talking him as a person, no, I don't. Um, I think, uh, I don't think he's. He's all there. I'm because like I'm, I'm genuinely. It's it's it's, it's, not, it's not one of those things where it's like you know, oh yeah, he's Democrat. I'm against him. It's like, but no. you're right though. It's like there's there's some I've seen some worrying stuff. Not just taken out of context either, because you know, news it's takes e- it's really easy to take stuff so out of context. E- it's easy to take everything out of context. I mean, you can take anything we're saying on this podcast, take it out of context. Mm-hmm. Like, oh look at you know John, he you know he's all for AI, you know, controlling mm-hmm. the whatever. But I I have seen stuff that he that that is kind of worrisome. You know, like mm-hmm. just like you know, not as a, a if he was a guy that was sitting right there, right. I'd be like, yeah. that, take the make politics sure, out of it. Yeah, like, make sure that guy gets like homo. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I am. Yeah. I am. So it's just, that's concerning to me if, if he's the guy in charge. I mean, yeah. I, it's, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to. Bring no, there's, I think that it is a big, a, a big time. But I mean, I think, yeah, but it is, it is a concern. Like whether president or not, like if he's, again, if he's sitting right there at the petroleum club, mm-hmm. I'd be like, man, like, yeah, that's why I don't make, want him, let's that's take care why, of that guy. That's why I don't want him to use his presidential powers to tell people they have to get a vaccine. Well, didn't he? Didn't he exclude his own staff? Right. Yeah, I mean, except for his I own mean, staff. Like, all that stuff. So is the like, Mount Mor- Mor- Mount Morality that Stephen Forrest was talking yeah. about. Do as I say, not as I do. Virtue signaling. Vir- I am so virtue signaling, man. Me it's too. so hyper these days. Yeah. Yeah. God. There's a really interesting sort of psychological phenomenon about that. That like, by virtue signaling, people get the sense that they actually did something good, even though they really did nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like that. It's like, it like tricks your brain into thinking that, Oh, I'm a good person. Cause I signaled, even though I didn't actually help anybody. Do anything. Didn't do you anything. Know, I liked in prayer that it's like, well, are you going to get out and help them out or not? Right. Or you just do your part. Right. And, D- and DRW had a good point about that. Um, I'm probably going to butcher it or he's probably going to listen. Like, no, that's not, that's not what I said at all, JP. But, um, he had a good point about like you know with with the, with the, with the fall in I guess religion in the, in the states and all that stuff. Mm. People are finding uh, that they belong. These these they want to feel a sense of belonging. Community, human, community, just like you're talking about with your you know with the, with the you know club crew. Club like crew, you, yeah. Your community is a is it an innate human like need? Yes, exactly. Mm. Without, without you know whether churches or sports or whatever like that, mm. you know people start getting in 
into these camps, these mm. virtue camps. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's kind of a sense of people want to feel belonging. Yeah, you know, they want to they want to feel this part my tribe, of something. My team. Yeah, yeah, this is this is what I'm passionate. about. I was like, are you really passionate about that? Or are you just saying that because that's kind of what I just got the jersey on? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So virtue signaling to me, I just I'm I'm so over that, and the fact that people can't identify it, it's just it's just you want to bang your head against the wall. But I think it might even be worse. I think people even know that it is. And, and they just, just go with they it. Just go with it, right? Because yeah. it's easier. It is easier. It, it is easier because I mean, when you're discussing someone that's been, you know, that's virtue saying all that stuff, you're not really talking to them. You're just kind of you're 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 discussing with them uh, kind of a point that they got right. from. There's no critical thinking. Right. There's no discussions to be had. Right. Okay. Well, I, I always ask whenever I'm in a conversation with someone that that obviously I see opposite from, and that I can tell they're very passionate, which I dig, because mm -hmm. I love those conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to learn, like, why? Like, why, why do you think that? Oh, well, I, I can see that. Can Whether see I that. agree with it or not, right. I can see that. I, I, I'm validating right. that. Um, I always, I, I'm always, look, I'm always like, hey, look, is there anything that anyone could say to you to make you change your mind? If they say no, it's like, okay, well, it's not worth even going down this road with right. you because you're holding on so much. You're not, you're not allowing yourself to engage in these crucial conversations. Well, I, I don't know that I would agree with that. I would, even if even if there's nothing I could say that would change your mind, yeah, I still think that there is value in us having a discourse about it, and then being able to be okay that even though we disagree, we can still like be friends, dude. You know I, what I mean? I completely like, agree with that because it feels like it's almost like nowadays, like if you disagree with somebody, you can't be it's like somehow like okay, well, we can't be as good of friends then, yeah, or something like, or yeah, you know, we can be acquaintances if we don't agree on there's this like one several, thing or several. There's several kind of things that if we don't agree on these things, we we can't be friends, and, I, and I, that's the thing is, I guess, is a, that's upsetting. Man, I had a I had a buddy uh, move, and you know, him and his wife moved, and uh, you know, got back with her old friends and all that stuff, and you know, uh, whether her decision on vaccine was her decision on vaccine, mm -hmm. but. She got ostracized from her mm. group of friends because they decided. It's like, man, like I mean, you're you're right though. If if you disagree on one thing, there's a million other things that y'all probably have in common that you can right. agree on. And that's so, people in general. And that's, that's the thing though. Is look, if someone disagrees with you, also don't be defensive. Correct. It's okay for someone to disagree yeah. with you. It's fine. You don't have to take my point of view. Yeah, exactly. I don't don't as take long, my point as long of view. as long as there's that mutual respect, right? As long as I, I respect what you have to say, you, whether you you can you can respect and disagree simultaneously. Exactly. Not exactly. Respectful. And that's not that hard to do. Just just right. don't don't view someone disagreeing with your point of view or anything like that as an attack. Yeah. It's having these conversations. Yeah. I if everybody just listen to us, we. You know what? Let's problems. take this on the road. Let's take this on the road. <laughs> we'll, we'll, you'll be on branding. You'll be on branding. I'll be on bullshit. So 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 are you. Uh, which one's in Penn and Teller? Which one's the shorter one? I feel like Teller. Teller. So I'll be Teller. You be Penn because you're, you're the. That'd be guy. good. Yep. That'd be, well, that way, and, you, and you do all the talking anyway. So. Now we're doing for Halloween. <laughs> now we know we're doing for Halloween. So I dig Sweet. that. So, um, yeah, Halloween's coming up too. Jeez, yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. Well, I think we're coming up on an hour and fifteen minutes. And uh, again, everyone, this is John Hamlin with Talia Energy Services. Reach out to him, connect with him, and I'm not lying. This guy is great to sit down. He's got a great perspective, point of view, insights, and all that stuff. Love talking with him, and I thank you for coming on here. Thank you, JP. I appreciate it. I always love uh, great job, bullshitting man. with you. Oh, stop. Good job with you. Attaboy, JP. Oh, enough, man. I'm, <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been crazy, man. Yeah. Just just blowing yeah, and going. Trying trying to, I, I, it's it's cool to see. Like, you are you blow up my LinkedIn feed. Like, it's you're, you're doing a great job getting the, getting the word out about you know, trying your, to. your various endeavors and, you know, wish you luck on them. Trying to, man. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, like, just bring the community a little bit together. Some dude made a post. Some guy made a comment on one of my posts about, like, you know, like, pretty much knocking me. Like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, good to see you're doing so well when, when the rest of us are struggling and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I, and I commented back and I said, hey, man, look, like, we're all struggling. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm choosing to spread more, you know, connections and joy and hey, look at our Positive industry, positivity, because I'm not going to be, you know, 
everyone struggles. And I actually, I was like, so I actually got his information. I gave him a call and we just chat for about, you know, 15, oh, wow. 20 minutes and, uh, heard his, heard his story and I'm trying to help, trying to help the guy out. Like, just kind of like, Hey, look, like, yeah, don't be negative. Right. You know? If you're looking for, yeah, put good role, in the world, you get good back. If you're looking for your next role and people and LinkedIn being a job fair, kind mm. of, you don't want to be, don't negative. be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah. So in reality, just, that's all I'm trying to do. Just spread positive positive that's cool man that's it that's a, good way, that's a good way to respond i dig it man so everyone thanks for tuning into uh, energy crew and i guess we'll see you next time mm -hmm.